The Film Crickets are intended for mature audiences. Mm -hmm. Any guests on The Film Crickets do not necessarily share the same opinions as The Film Crickets. Film Crickets, chirping about movies. It's time for The Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Martineau, and Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, the Cricket's good friend Jordan from Can't Buy Me 80 stops by the show, and Jay, Chris, Melanie, and Jordan review the 1987 American romantic comedy film, Mannequin. I'm stressed. I'm having a hallucination caused by stress. Does this feel like an hallucination? Come on, Mm. let's go have some fun. Food additives. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out. Your film crickets are on now. I love the uh, before we introduce ourselves and all that. I love the the high pitch that he uses. Food editors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so great. Food editors. <clears throat> it's so cool. I mean, that New York accent. Yeah. Right? In Philly. Yeah. Well, it's close <laughs> enough. It's right over the river. Yeah. It, it, it might have been. Was it set in Philly? Yeah, it was set. In Philly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, so, well, welcome, everybody. My name is Jay Fortier. This is the Film Crickets, and my uh, hang, I'm hanging out with my good friend, Chris Martineau. How you doing? Hello. What's happening? Hey, not much. And also my good friend and co-host, Melanie Howerton. Hi, how, how are you doing? All right. So we watched Mannequin this week, part two, On the Move. No, what? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> God almighty. Could you imagine? Oh, like, fucking terrible. <laughs> no, like, how awful? No, how awful would it be? Oh. Like, if one mm. of us thought that that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and and the had... first one that I actually saw. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, let me edit. No, that, that was like the second one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And uh, so, like, your, your, your first one was the second one? Yeah. I was going through my whole Christy Swanson phase. I was watching everything she was in, so I was like, "Mannequin too." I don't care if it's the second one or whatever. And right, I, right. Who doesn't go through their Christy, oh, yeah. Christy Swanson phase? I mean, we all have gone. We all been there. We've all drank from that like horn. I don't even know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> uh-huh. Definitely no, but, like, but like one of us that had never seen Mannequin, they accidentally watched the second one. Oh God. Um, <laughs> guess I can't be involved, guys. I'll just listen. Yeah. Uh, no, but anyways, we watched Mannequin uh, from 1987. Chris, yes. why don't you roll on and ask us uh, our history? Oh, you're not going to introduce the guest? Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I'm so excited about Mannequin. Oh, my God. Don't worry about Jordan. it, Jordan. It's fine. I'm so sorry. We'll get you caught up. You know what? You know what that means? <clears throat> that means she's such a good friend to the mm-hmm. show that she needs no introduction. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Well, my apologies, Jordan. So introduce her. Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, right. Jordan, welcome. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for having me. I'm so Thank sorry. Thank you for coming. This, this is like, you know, like, if, if I had a sound effect right now of a car accident, <laughs> I'm playing it right now. We're taking a stroll down Awkward Street. Um, hello, Jordan. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here. How are things in, uh, in, uh, in Northern Maryland? They're good. Yeah. I mean, we once had a day where it was snowing. The following day, it was 72 yep. degrees. Yep. So I don't know what happened yep. there. Yep. It was a wind chill of negative, like wind chill of 15, and then Friday was 80, 80 degrees. It was crazy pants. It was crazy. I don't know what the hell's going on around here, but it's nuts. Um, welcome to the Mid-Atlantic. weather. Yeah, it's just, yeah, <laughs> New England cold every day. We get this weird thing in between. You're not sure if it's going to be 10 or 80. Um, <clears throat> it's like having malaria. So, hey, look, we watched, um, it's cold, it's hot, it's cold, it's hot. So um, we watched Mannequin, um, and I'm going to go around and see what our history is with this movie, um, as we are wont to do. 
Uh, I will, if you don't mind, I will start first on Mannequin. And the reason I'm going to start first on Mannequin is the only reason I watched Mannequin is that I, at the time, 1987, I had a crush on Kim Cattrall uh, because she was in Big Trouble in Little China. And my brother and I would pine after Kim Cattrall uh, or Cattrall or however it is that you say it. Now, since that movie, since Mannequin, I, I, am, I kind of shed that crush again, 13, 14 years old. So that was, you know, that was not long lived but um so since then i i can i haven't seen a millisecond of sex in the city um i haven't really seen anything else that she's done it's not that i don't like her i just haven't had the impetus to actually watch any of the stuff but i do i do uh, recognize oh wait sorry she's in police academy but i only saw that after big trouble in little china and mannequin having said that <coughs> um i watched mannequin back in the day i i remember it uh i believe i had a pirated copy of mannequin uh that i watched with my friends several times um, it wasn't in high rotation, but I do, I do recall seeing it many times, uh, in that I thought it was funny. You know, I just thought it was a goofy romp, not unlike police Academy is just a kind of a goofy romp, um, of absolutely bananas plot line that this movie is. I mean, it's out of control. Silly. Um, so there's that. So, uh, I'm going to go left to right. So Jordan, uh, you are next. So what's, what's your deal with mannequin? So I ended up watching the second one first. That's, that's and then unfortunate. I saw the first one. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I ended up watching the first one. Um, it's one of my, it's, I'd like to say it's one of my favorite 80s movies. Okay. Um, I don't have a poster yet for it, but I'm looking for the poster. Okay. Um, and then years later, I ended up seeing it with one of my good friends. Um, and then <laughs> later on, I think I rewatched it again. Okay. And then um, over the summer, I went to go visit where they shot um, part of the interior scenes at the Macy's um, in Philly okay. with one of my good friends. And it was just really cool. And I wore like my whole Emmy outfit. I was wearing all pink um, with like the pink hat and everything. Can you, Jordan, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, obviously you have kind of, like, this is your, 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 your gig, um, your, your thing, like your eighties kind of vibe and fashion and hair and all that. And I, I'm on board. Um, can, now you must have a lot of eighties outfits. I imagine, right? Yes, my whole wardrobe is all Okay. 80s. So can you switch between them as quickly as Kim Cattrall does in this movie? I'm just curious. Yeah. With all new hair I and mean, makeup and all that. Okay, because that's that was impressive. Like she's pulling some Superman shit, yeah. like going in the, the, the phone booth and like suddenly switching and from one thing to another to another. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I know, but she's magical. Um, so you know, it's okay. Um, all right, so so you dug it, um, and you you watched two first, which is unfortunate, and then you watched this one. All right, Jason, what's your deal? <clears throat> I saw it in the theater. I did not uh, see it in the theater. I did not say that. I did not see this movie in okay. the theater. In fact, I saw it twice, I think. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Big Matt Gottlieb fan. All right. No, I just, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Mm -hmm. And of course, I joined you on the Kim Cattrall, uh, you know. Bandwagon. Admiration. Yep. And, and uh, I can't, I, you know, uh, it was, but it wasn't the only reason. I just really, I just liked every aspect of it back then, you know, because it was just like, it was, a, I mean, it, we'll get more into it, but there's, there's not a lot of light fare like today. Sure. That's like this. Yeah. yeah. You know, this this is an easy swallow. Like, you could just put this on and not worry too much. Mm -hmm. Too much. Right. A little bit, like, you know, here and there, but we'll get into that, too. But it's a it's real simple. You know, you don't have to, like, oh, I wonder if this is a little too edgy, mm -hmm. you know, like, in all these directions. So it's 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 pretty simple, and I liked it. Uh, okay. And, Bray, uh, Jay, that, that brings me up to a point that I'm going to bring up here right before we get into the 
the IMD breakdown, but remind me after I get to Melanie uh, about this point. All right. Melanie, what's your deal with Mannequin? You own it, right? Or your mother owns it? Or what's the deal? I actually don't, which is cool. We used to. We had it on VHS okay. a long time right. ago. Um, but uh, I don't remember where I first saw it, but I remember always liking okay. it. And it was just, again, you know, I watched movies with my mom all the time. And it was just something that, you know, we always watched mm -hmm. together. Um, so I've seen it a billion a times. Billion. Um, yeah, I was actually trying to get my kids to see it. And then I couldn't find it like anywhere at one point. I just couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, it's an, um, not an easy find. I don't see it on any TV. Not. I've not ever seen this on TV. Well, it's That's on. That's why you gotta be like me and buy the VHS. Oh, wait a minute! <laughs> hold on, hold on. Breaks, breaks. You have a VCR. Yeah, I have a VCR. Oh my god. <laughs> And then that's when um, one of my good friends, he was like, oh, yeah, I really like Mannequin. I'm like, why don't I just buy it on eBay? And then yeah. so I bought an eBay and then we watched it on the VCR. Wow. So. Awesome. Yeah, a VHS Mannequin. When will, when will the Laserdisc come into your life is the real question. The giant Oh, I don't know. They're too big. Like, I'm more of a cassette person right. than a vinyl. Jeez. And I think Laserdiscs, they're just really bulky. All right. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Maybe in the future, but they're kind of expensive. <laughs> yeah, they are because it's nostalgia, right? So, and and by the way, nobody makes yeah. them, right? So the fact that they're, the fact that they're not made anymore is what brings it its value, right? All right, so mm -hmm. <clears throat> so Melanie saw it, she likes it, <laughs> has no recollection of having a VHS, or you had a VHS, and who knows where it is now? Probably with Jordan, it I made it, it. <laughs> it made it from <laughs> one yard so sale to another yard sale to another yard sale, and she bought it for a dime at yeah, somebody's right. front lawn. Okay, got it on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Autographed on the back, it says Melanie. <laughs> With right. best wishes. Well, it would say Melanie Silver. Yeah, right. Um, so I, uh, to Jay's point before I get into it, and, and I don't know, just an observation, and I just thought of it, and I'm going to say it. Um, again, as I teach high school, so I deal with teenagers from ninth to 12th grade. And uh, and Jay, you, you brought up a point. We saw this in our formative years in, in high school, and you said it was nice light fare. And, and you did have a sampling of light fare. Uh, back in the day, like if you didn't want to see something serious, born the 4th of July, a drama, you could go see mechan mannequin, mannequin, mechanic, mannequin, or you could go see Police Academy. I'm not saying those movies are good. In fact, I'm not saying they are at all, but it was at least not something you had to put sink your teeth into. And I talk about movies at school a lot. And, and I ask, you know, what are you guys watching this weekend? And they're always like, and again, I don't know anything about that. I haven't seen the movies, but like, well, Songs of a Killer Moon and Saltburn and Poor Things. And these are all like heavy things. And and, and I'm I'm glad that, that, that teenagers want to watch serious film. But can't we have like, you know, I went to go see Aquaman and it wasn't great. Like the new Aquaman. It wasn't great, but it was whatever. Like I had fun with it. It was fine. Like perfect. No, but it's not. Why do I have to, everything is so serious? Why so serious to quote the Joker? Like, I don't, I'm not saying we have to go back to police Academy, but everything is so dour and, and, and kids don't want to see the stuff that's light fair anymore. They want to see something that's like this, really all this deep, heavy stuff. And it's just like, why? Like mix it in, like mix in I some. I think it causes ratings. Yeah. I think it has to do with the rating system now. Okay. And um, I don't know. And it can also become like a trend. Like I've seen a lot of movies go like viral on different platforms Yeah. and then I'll watch it and I'm like, ah, that's not really for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have heavy topics, but sometimes I think movies are made now with the intention of, Oh, let's try to make one very intense scene. So then everyone on the internet can start talking about sure. it. I feel like if they start making a lighthearted, goofy movie, it doesn't do as good anymore. Right. And that's unfortunate. I think it'll come yeah. around. I think it's cyclical. Yeah. 
I, I think do things just kind of come around. Like something will happen, like something about Mary, and then suddenly you'll just get a bunch of something about Mary's. You know what I mean? And then so anyway, sorry. All right, so that's that's neither here nor there. It's just a good point I, I wanted to bring up. Let's go to Mannequin. Trying this without my <coughs> without my glasses. Excuse me. Uh, Mannequin came out in 1987. It's rated PG. Uh, coming in at a uh, 90 minutes. Ooh, PG? PG. PG. 90 minutes. Uh, this is a can- well, that movie's not PG. Hey, not for nothing. This is a canon film. And they're known for some <laughs> garbage movies, and this is not. This is like above their pay grade. Um, this was canon because it wasn't on the. Um, uh, it wasn't on the intro. Uh, I just. I'm looking at the trailer in IMDb as I'm looking at the information. I saw the canon logo come up. Now again, okay. I cannot. I cannot say here or there to that. But um, anyway, so a young artist searching for his vocation makes a mannequin so perfect he falls in love with it. Yeah. Finding the mannequin in a sore window, he gets a job there, and his creation comes to life. Uh, directed by Michael Gottlieb, written by uh, Edward Rugoff and Michael Gottlieb. Uh, starring Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall, Estelle Getty, James Spader, G.W. Bailey, Carol Davis, uh, Steve Vinkovich, and uh, Mashash Taylor. I don't think I'm leaving anybody off there. Um, and so that's Mannequin. So let's get into the MVPs of this movie. How adorable is Andrew McCarthy? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. let's let's expound upon how adorable andrew mccarthy is why do you think he is so adorable anybody well, you know what let's ask let's ask jordan because she is no but really like age-wise she's the newest to experiencing him yeah mm-hmm. so like from your generation i want to know that that question right there i think that's a gr- really good question for her first I don't know. I feel like I also have like a different taste in guys and like a lot of other people. I really like a good sense of humor. Okay. Um, but I mean, he's he's also really cute. I like mm-hmm. him. But um, I also don't. I'm like a huge Ducky fan too. So I always say that Blaine should have stuck with his mannequin girlfriend okay. instead of trying to go after Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of my friends hate me for saying that, but. <laughs> Ducky. But yeah, I don't know. I think he's really cute. You know what? Okay. I can I can I can I uh, second on that for a second? Mm-hmm. Um, test audiences were upset in Pretty in Pink that Ducky didn't end up with her. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a chemistry thing. I thought I read somewhere it was a chemistry thing between um, Molly and everybody, and it was just like, oh, that doesn't seem like it would really work out. Okay. But they wanted it. The, the I know. I, I would have wanted it. I would have been yeah, like, you see. better make them get together, guys. Yeah. It's just acting. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, um, so Melanie, uh, do you, A, do you think he's adorable in this? And B, why? <clears throat> I think he's adorable. I think it's just because he's pretty innocent and like, he just seems like he's an honest kind of a mm-hmm. guy, like down to earth, you know? Um, and, uh, Along with the Kim Cattrall thing, my God, who can't look at her and not think like she's absolutely gorgeous? Well, well, beyond that, so so let's get into the spirit of that because to me, that's the saving grace of the film is their chemistry. I, I think you couldn't, mm-hmm. however, cast it, um, regardless of their you know the quote unquote the beautiful people. The fact of the matter is their energy together works, and I'm trying to really dig into why because he is a super lovable loser, and I don't mean loser in a bad way. He just can't find his thing he can't find his niche and so we see him go to these different jobs that he keeps getting fired for and 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 it, it is really funny uh where he says you know pick up your paycheck i'm fired i'll pick up my paycheck like the fact that he knows the line yeah. that he's not going to last any, very long at any job that he does because he's just wants to be a sculptor but who the hell is going to 
Like, there's no way to get you have to you who artist. Come on, you're gonna make any money being an artist. So he has to find his niche to be an artist. And the fact of the matter is he is willing to work. You know what I mean? He's not like, woe is me, I can't find a job. Like he's trying to get out there, trying to find a job. He knows that he doesn't fit. So he's a misfit, but he's not ducky misfit. He's right, he has a girlfriend. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and, and we forget about that. And and we don't like her because she's giving him such a rash of shit about him not being, not applying himself or. And she's pretty and she has a good head in her shoulder. So it's not like she's like a, like, you know, like you'd say, like a loser or anything. Yeah. Like <clears throat> she's like, um, the, I think the reason why the chemistry works so good is because if you see in the beginning, she doesn't want to marry for not love and she's looking for somebody that she connects with. And it seems like she's been around the world, even meeting Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but she was looking for somebody that was like real that, um, and that's what he is. He's he's a true, genuine type of a person, and that's what she wants. Um, so I think that's why their chemistry works so good together. And then he just fell in love with her while he was making her. So so I th- I think I think his what the hell his character? I never remember names, guys. What's his friggin' name? Oh God. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh, it's right here. Oh, my, God. Oh, my middle name. Oh, that's oh, right, Jonathan. Here's Jonathan. So Jonathan is looking for that thing in life that to find the joy in life. Right now he's he's trying to he's trying to whittle his way and make his way to find that thing that he finds joy in. He just knows he likes art. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have does he have joy with his girlfriend? Probably not. And even if they stayed together, they probably would have split apart because she's not a joyful person. And he is a joyful mm-hmm. for person. He finds the humor and the simplicity and the joy in the simple things. Kim Cattrall. Now, we got to get into this bit. So this confused me. Her character is very joyful. She wants to suck the marrow of life. Now, we know that she gets, and this is the bananas part of the movie, she gets teleported out of her body into time for reasons because she is about to get put into an arranged marriage. Am I saying that correctly? Just magical (laughs) bullshit and boom, and that's fine. It's a romance. It, it's fantasy. It doesn't matter. I don't need a reason as to why that happens. It's fine. I mean, I know I'm a, I'm a curmudgeonly old bastard, but like, I don't need an explanation for everything. So she's. No, there's <laughs> other times where you. Yeah. Why? Reasons. reasons. It okay. doesn't fucking matter. Move on. Right. So, yeah. so she's in the timeline. Now, when we meet her the first time and subsequently through the movie, when they start, he shows her. Sorry, she shows him how to find joy in all these little things, right? In the time that they have together and the silly things and, and being happy and, and allowing, how about allowing yourself to be happy? Well, she wasn't happy in, in Egypt. And when we meet her, we don't know that she's, refresh my memory, we don't know that she's gone through time and been with Chris. Uh, well, Do we know that when she first appears to him? Not maybe yeah. not, but like at the same time, if you are watching the animated sequence, you are yeah. seeing her interact with. Fair enough. Okay. In, all right. All right. In animated manner. It's not crystal clear, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's there. So like, if you back it up, if you were to watch it again, you'd. Okay, see apologies it. for that. So um, again, I don't no, clearly no, no, remember. It's, it's, so, so let me. You get... could easily just be lost in the uh, animation, just going. Right. <laughs> Boppity pop. Right. They're playing. They're putting people's names. Mm-hmm. Boppity pop. Yeah. Hurry up. Get to the story. So you might not even be watching that. So it'd be easy to... Ruthless People did a cartoon intro as well, if I remember properly. It's possible. Um, Anyway, let me get to my point. She, When we first meet her, she has a very 
young, joyful, almost um, young adolescent energy to her. Everything is amazing. I don't like Daryl Hannah in Splash, but not to that degree. Everything is amazing. The fact that she's alive and walking around and able to experience the future is amazing. Okay, so the question is, does she think, and this is, again, it's a stupid question, I don't know, but is she just happy to be in modern times because she's out of her arranged marriage? Or is she happy because she has seen all these different eras in time and has finally come to the, the realization that time is precious and that you have to make the best of it? Jordan? <laughs> I mean, I think a little bit of both okay. of it. I think she's seen so much. Maybe maybe she's even ready to just jump on into it. Maybe she's, you know, met all these guys she's never felt really a good connection to. <laughs> Um, and then that's why when she met Jonathan, it was just like, oh, like, I really like this guy. I think that we click. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really, you know, met a guy in the past mm-hmm. who's, you know, treated me well or anything like this. But I don't know. I think it could be a little bit of both. Okay. I, I, it's just, it's just curious because you could, you could approach it both ways, right? Mm-hmm. She's yeah. just happy to not be in Egypt or she has a literally millennia, millennia of experience. And now here's a new thing she hasn't seen yet. And immediately, I'm going to go have some fun because who knows how long I'm going to be here for or whatever. Anybody else right. want to comment on that? Also, because to yeah, me, it informs their relationship. Right? That's why they're so good together. The I'm sorry, Jay. Go ahead. No, sorry. No, this is every pause I thought you were done. I know. I just don't <laughs> shut up. <clears throat> no, no, no. That's fine. Um, no, but I think she's happy with each opportunity. Okay. Like, because it's like, you know, obviously the last one didn't work, but mm-hmm. here I go again. I get, I get another shot. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, at finding love, you know, like, in, you know, so it's like, you know, I mean, like anybody, I, of course, she's experiencing something that nobody experienced, yeah. but I'm saying like, you know, if somebody were to be dating, they, the next one probably seems really exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're starting, sure. like, you know what I mean? So you don't yeah. know. So you're like, oh, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and why not have that attitude? Sure. So I, think I think she's it's... happy, obviously, to not be in that situation anymore and that she appreciates life more. Okay. I mm-hmm. think because she's gone through so many different time zones or however you want to say it um, and, and experienced so many different people. And I think she really is happy as to where she is right now and to who she's met, like Jordan said. But also, I feel like she also likes where she is. Like she, That's why like the whole, like we were talking about like the dance sequences and the <laughs> montages and stuff. Like She's having so much fun. Like in this day and time, like she's like, oh my God, this is so cool. Look at the mall and shopping, all these clothes. Like, let's have fun. Like, I think she's like, she really likes this time where she is. And I think she really just kind of also fell in love with him while he was making her because he took so long making her and listened to him talk. And, you know, I, I think it's all of it. I think she's just super happy and she appreciates life more than the average person because she has seen so much and gone through so much trying to find the right time to live and the right person to be with. Okay, so... That's some magical bullshit right there. That's some magical bullshit. So when she's being created, she's not in the mannequin yet. But at some point, when she's wood, she's in the mannequin, but can hear everything that's going on. Is that what we're copping to here? Yes, she does. Yes. So when she's a mannequin, she knows what's going on. So at one point, was she split in half with no limbs? That's all I'm saying. 
And does she feel that it's, shit? I'm just throwing it out there. It's her soul that's in her, not in the body part, necessarily. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's her soul. Okay. <laughs> Leave it to Chris. I'm just saying. Yeah, Chris. Just dropping the bomb on mannequin. Like, maybe her spirit is, like, inside yeah. of the mannequins. But I don't think, you know, if she could feel anything, don't you think she would just, in the mannequin, like, get up and just, like, move or anything? Well, no. So I kind of feel like... That's the curse, man. She can't move. Right. It's just in there. But but on the other side... Yeah. You know what's cool about yeah. her? Yes. I her, like the way she... Her like skin temperature is cool. Shelf. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm serious about this, though. I, I love, like... She's so used to what's happening to her that she's bopping backwards going, oh, you can't see me. <laughs> like, like, or nobody could see oh, me yeah. but you. And she's like, talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, she's still okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. like, hey, not my, not my call. Talk to the people upstairs. But, you know, I just thought it was kind of cool. It, so, so spoiler alert, at some point, there's a big, and again, we, we jump all around, but there's a big thing okay. with... Um, uh, the girlfriend is jealous of the mannequin. The the girlfriend, Jonathan's girlfriend, who they're on the outs because he realizes mm -hmm. he's no good for her. She's toxic, and that he's gonna be him, which is a great theme of the music of of the movie. I'm gonna be me. I don't care if people see me riding around Philadelphia on it with a motorcycle and a and a mannequin uh, on the back, which is again weird, but whatever. Um, that's not the point. You be you. You love what you love. Whatever. Um, but at some point. The, the stakes, which only come up, the dire stakes, which only really come up at the end, is that she's going to be crushed in a wood chipper or some such, some trash compactor thingy. Now, guys. Every, every department store <clears throat> yeah. has, has a, a shredder yeah, yeah. for giant bulk items yeah. like, like mannequins. Right, of course. Um, you know, yeah. So if she actually made it into there and got chopped up, wouldn't she just teleport somewhere else down the timeline? I mean... Are those really stakes? Like, what made her jump into this mannequin no. from another time? If she were in danger, wouldn't the magic, wouldn't her curse make her have to jump to some other inanimate object and another part of the timeline if the mannequin got destroyed? I'm just... Well, that's true, but she could, she could disappear. She could end up somewhere else, and she doesn't want... They, okay. they are already in love with each other. They don't want to be anywhere. Who knows what would happen to her if that happened? She could end up somewhere okay. else. Okay, all right. Where I didn't, she's happy with where she is now and who she's with. You never know what would happen. I, I guess the romantic side of me did not get onto that. So thank you, Melanie, for straightening me out. I guess that kind of makes sense. <laughs> the stakes are not death, not eternal damnation or eternal non-existence, but I won't I be with Andrew McCarthy. Killer, and on a daily basis, I wonder what my life would be without Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with all of you guys. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add. Okay, okay, that's cool. No, that's fine. That's cool. Um, what we can add to this, again, going into our 80s lexicon, um, does, uh, hold on, let me just get his name. Hold, please. Uh, G.W. Bailey, uh, Felix, the security guard, does he have to oh, play yeah. a cop? Like, is that his deal? Yeah. <clears throat> like, is this in his contract somewhere that says, I must play a stodgy... Over exuberant police officer, even if I'm. I wonder if there's a casting person that was involved in both because they were both in Police Academy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Kim Cattrall, she was in the first one, and uh, he was in, down, yeah. uh, you know, a, a bunch of them. Yeah, it says um, Kim Cattrall and G.W. Bailey were both in Police Academy in 1984. <laughs> um, is he? When was this movie made? 1987. 87, yeah. I think something like that. Yeah. Is this okay, movie? Yeah, they knew each other. Is this movie before Golden Girls? No. 
I think it's at the same time. Same time. All right. So Estelle Getty. Yeah, so it was actually, we were actually going, holy crap. They said she was younger. <laughs> yeah. Because like she plays the oldest one mm-hmm. in the Golden Girls. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's fantastic. For the first time. Oh, yeah. Great. She's so cute. For, uh, she's like, don't mess with this old broad or old lady. In fact, you, you got to see her look like, you know, behave younger mm-hmm. than the old mom that she played. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of refreshing. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Look, at, look at what a good actress she, she is. You know? Yeah, but she still has that 80 year old energy when that tells that guy to cram it. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, you can only make her so young. I didn't say she looked young. No, but it's the, it's, it's the same. It's the same. Imagine it, Sicily, nineteen thirty-five. Like it's the same. It's the same energy, which I appreciate. Um, what about James Spader? I mean, this is know, like eighties yearbook here. Tell me about so James weird. Spader. <clears throat> well, I, I think at up, first I didn't oh, think he was in it mm-hmm. until I watched it for the second time, and I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. He looks so different and plays such a different character than you've ever seen him in, like, ever. Well, I mean, she brought up Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Look at what he looked like in Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. He looked good. Yeah, you know just, what I mean? Yeah, like, he had, he his good. hair's out here. You know what I mean? He's, like, the slick, yeah. cool jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, feel like he looks different in a lot of things. He does. Right? He was in Jack is Back, right? I was going to ask you if you saw that. Yeah, I, I saw that. A months ago. I loved it. I oh did too. God. I love it. I watched it not that long ago myself. I had already seen it before that. But yeah, I love it. I'm so glad you saw it. What that. in the hell oh, is Jack is Back? What are you talking about? I assume it's Jack the Ripper. You have to watch it's about like him yeah. and like. He has a twin brother, and his twin brother gets, like, murdered. And then he's like, oh, my God, I just had a dream about who did it. And, you know, it's 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 really good. When is this? It's in the 90s, right? I thought it was, like, late 80s. I thought it was, like, 89. It could be, like, 91. I don't know. Okay. I just watched it because it looked good, and he was in it. I didn't. All I was thinking (laughs) was that terrible Robin Williams movie, Jack. Uh, with oh, Bill Cosby weird. in it, unfortunately. Um, okay, so <laughs> well, he's in, I mean, he still kept going with his career, though. He was in uh, the blacklist. Uh, oh yeah, for many many years. Yeah, and he oh, eats 1988, up the Jordan. Yes, so late Just a year after this. Wow. And he looks he looks a lot older. I think maybe he because does. he plays an older. He plays somebody in like his twenties. Yeah. Any, he looks so anybody older. seen Nightbreed? Anybody seen Nightbreed, Clive Barker movie? I think you and I saw, we it, saw it in the theater. It reminds me of, I think we saw it in the you know, the, the guy that was well, David Cronenberg, the guy that puts a leather mask on with a zipper. He's like the big bad guy in it. Like in this movie, never mind. The monsters are, are, are nice and the people are actually evil. And um, oh. David Cronenberg, it's really good. It's it's messed up. But uh, David Cronenberg uh, plays the like a serial killer in it. And he's dressed, he, he gives me... James Spader in this movie gives me those vibes because he's got those glasses and got this slick back hair. Obviously not as creepy as that. He's not a serial killer, but he's certainly that creepy. Um, so let's get back to, to GW, what's, whatever his face is. GW Police, GW Police Academy. Um, so <clears throat> he says some pretty horrible things in the in the movie. Um, and I oh, yeah. very, oh I mean, again, we're not supposed to like him. Um, and he says, I would never hold up. Now. He, never. Yeah. No, I mean, but Andrew McCarthy does deal with him pretty well. Um, I yeah. think in terms of the horrible things that he has to say, um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah he's, he's a bigot and he's, he's racist and he did whatever. whatever. Yeah. No, but you know what? I would say for 1987, yeah. 
That's pretty progressive. Yeah, that's what I mean. That they uh, had him say, hmm, could have been worse. Could have stuck me with a bigoted jerk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so they called out how bad he was. Right. But now let's take a step back. And then we have the actor who plays Hollywood. And ooh, like. I didn't say it. Yeah, no, no, no. But Jay, my point is, no, no. My point is I'm glad they have the character. He's like saying, well, that's not funny. You're a bigoted jerk. And he stands up to that fact. And we're not supposed to like, we're not supposed to think what he's saying is funny. But on the other side, the movie is presenting to us this archetype of two things that, again, at what point, and this is the thing of the 80, and Melanie, and, and you and I, and Melanie talked about this the other day, like, wow, these movies are so whitewashed. Real Genius is so whitewashed. And if it's not whitewashed, the people that aren't white males are, are kind of slotted into these roles that are stereotypical. And here we have Hollywood, who is not who is African-American, but is not um, in the gay community. Um, he's not a gay man. Um, but mm-hmm. so does he do a good job or not? And it always makes, whenever I see stuff like this, again, I'm not going to say he shouldn't have been cast because I always think about the birdcage, <clears throat> right? Where we have three main actors and only one of them is gay, but three of them are supposed to be gay. But one of them is Robin Williams and obviously not a bigot <clears throat> and not a, not narrow-minded. And the other one's Hank Azaria, Hank Azaria, also not narrow-minded. So when we cast people, are we casting them because you see the, the weird, like, <laughs> fine line we're treading here a little bit? Like, why not just get a gay actor? You know? Like, there are plenty. Like, why not just get a gay actor? Well, would a gay actor not, uh, not act like Hollywood? And so what are we saying about that? I'm not saying my opinion. I'm just saying what what is the what is the movie? What is the what is the time saying about that character? Because it's iffy. Am I wrong? You were saying something. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> well, I just think Hollywood's just like a really flamboyant character. Yeah. And I think I don't know. I feel like at the time, I don't know. Maybe nobody auditioned for the role mm. that was. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the situation. I know it's a slippery I just, I slope. Love Hollywood as a character. It, I don't know too much about the actor. Yeah, yeah. But I really like Hollywood as a, as a character. Sure, yeah. I do too. I'm not saying I don't. And I'm not saying that it's, again, I can't say that because I'm not in the community, but it's just like, like, I wonder how people react to that. That's what I wonder. Like, why not just get, like, are we helping things or are we not helping things with that? that stereotype is it supposed to be funny are we picking are we poking fun at this or are we embracing it and i don't know like that's the thing i wonder about when i see stuff like this like how are we making fun of it or are we embracing it and i'm not sure that's all i'm saying jason what are you gonna say i don't know i know you love the character though it's like you're made yeah. to. Love oh sure he's not despicable he, he's he's fun to, he's fun to be with but what like that to me is a weird line that doesn't exist anymore right that's all. That's all I'm saying about that. Jason, what did you want to say? Well, first off, how many flamboyant gay actors were there? I know. See, that's the other thing. Or or even or even out. Right. Shall, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's not I even say that. existing. Yep. Let's say out. Sure. Like, it was still a very tough time. Yep. Yeah, it was. Right. Um, so, like, it's not like, I can't imagine the line would have been long. Sure. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Lining up, Good point. You know, so, and you know, of course, you could you could say the times, you know, were what they were, and 
that's the you know so you can't you can say that there's flaws there with the character maybe if you want mm-hmm. you know, because of maybe the over the top aspect mm-hmm. but you know some people can be over the top sure. you know i mean so but he was like he was like fun over the sure. top see you watched him and you you saw how he behaved mm-hmm. and obviously i i don't know anybody like him mm-hmm. so he became almost like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was, you know I mean? He had the sunglasses. With, not only did he oh, have sunglasses. They, Jordan's going to have those sunglasses. Um, eyelashes. <laughs> they have I eyelashes. Have All right. Yeah. yeah. I don't have them with me, though. I think I left them at home, but I do. I got them um, up in a shop in New York City. They're actually like uh, supposed to be Gucci sunglasses. I think Gucci recently came out with a new pair. Mm-hmm. But the one that he's wearing, I don't know if it is, but I do have those glasses or ones that look really similar and they have like little spikes right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. all decked out and like faux diamonds. It's, it's really cute. Right. And then he, you know, he puts on the car uh, cover that's got polka dots all over it. I mean, like it's just mm-hmm. so, and I don't know. It's, it's almost like a fun, fun character. That's the way yeah. I look at it. I, what, yeah. what I, Absolutely. I want to be He's clear. I am. I am. Enjoy. I am on his side, and he was fun to watch. And I'm not like, oh, I don't want that character. That is the opposite. 180 percent, 180 degrees away from my attitudes. Um, all I'm saying is the reason I'm bringing it up, not to, not to be a Debbie Downer, is that that part of you why you watch Mannequin or these movies and that stuff comes up is that it opens up the conversation about how it was. And how it is now. And I'm not saying there's an answer. But it does open the conversation. Like what were the decisions behind making that character. And compared to what would have happened now. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And it's interesting. Again, movies are indicative of the times. Movies are indicative of how we feel at the time. And Jason kind of cemented my point. Like, well, it wasn't as easy back in the day. Right? And that doesn't make, that's not good. But it's worth having the conversation about. So it's it's just something to reflect on. I'm not looking for an answer. It's just something to reflect I, on that the movie makes you kind of think about that didn't make you think about in 1987. That's all. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And then they also, uh, it wasn't uh, just UW Bailey's character that had oh, sure. uh, a bad word. It was that other, it was that woman mm-hmm. that w- when they're all listening in uh, to the dressing room, yeah. she says the fairy. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. So it's like, yeah. so yeah, it, Obviously, I didn't say it was flawless. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. <laughs> when, I, when I said it's progressive, mm-hmm. I just meant um, had this been three years prior or four years prior, you might not even had Jonathan defending him. Yeah, the way he did. Oh, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, that was already pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> like for nineteen eighty. No, I, I am not about editing. I am not about going back and like oh, race mannequin. What I'm saying is, you keep it in there so you can have that discussion. You sure. keep it in there so you can talk um, about it. When you're talking about the end of the movie, what always bothered me is that that guy just stood there next to the machine handle that could have just shut everything off. So even before the girl came out of there looking like she was alive and real, he saw that this guy was like desperately trying to fight to save something that was going to be destroyed. So even if it wasn't real and whatever the heck it was, I mean, God, it could have been anything. It could have been a doll. It could have been whatever. Who knows? It could have been anything. He knows that this guy wants something in there so bad that he doesn't want it to be destroyed that he's risking his own life. So one, stop the machine so that the guy can save whatever it is that he wants to save. Or And also, the guy could end up falling in there by an accident yep. and getting completely ripped up and shredded. Mm-hmm. So, you're, I mean, he just stood there forever and he literally only saw it when he saw a live girl. Well, what about the live guy that's in that, yeah. that path of getting destroyed as yep. well? Like 
That just oh, it's, I can't think of anybody could watch that part and not get so aggravated with that guy. Well, I think but, what what I saw, the way I looked at it, yeah, I think they were looking for combo of the the ang the angst that well, Andrew McCarthy yeah. is going through, and yeah. comic relief because he was so goofy. Yeah, sure. like he had and then it, it like, and when it's funny when he starts looking through all the trash because he right, wants to he had a goofy himself. like almost yeah. Keystone Cop like goofy security guy like stupid yeah. man mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah. look to him and i think they were looking to like mix don't forget it's a comedy folks the old of course, of thing. i know why they did it it's just annoying when you're watching oh i know guy. i know i just meant like they, i think the way they set it up is they they made yeah. him so goofy blood splatter they, coming they, out the sides let's not forget <laughs> that easily this is a comedy it's not too yeah. serious don't worry too much um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my only guess and then I just thought, like, one of my favorite parts was when um, his ex-girlfriend pushes that sleaze ball that's always trying to have sex mm -hmm. with down yep. the stairs. And then she just looks for a minute and then she goes, oh, my camera. That's <laughs> just like, because you know, like, he falls all the way down the stairs and she's like, my camera. Guys, was that stairs or were those escalators? That was stairs. It was stairs? All right. Because I'm like, if those are escalators, yeah. that man's dead. Escalators are yeah, no fun. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, let's take a regular and also, stairs and make them steal with teeth. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and then also later on, after he she agrees to have sex with him and they can't, and he was like, "This never happens." And then he says, um, "He goes, it's it's your fault. It's you're so cold." And then he goes, "Where can I get a mannequin?" Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer <laughs> on the internet. All right. Um, yeah. Oh. I just thought that was funny. That's all. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 1987. It's time for TMI with Melanie. Listen, listen to this. I am in the bathroom right before the movie starts. Uh huh. And I'm in the stall, and there's no toilet paper. Yeah. Mine are at home TMI. in a display case above TMI, my bed. Yeah. TMI. TMI. TMI, my friends. TMI. Too much information. Say don't go there, but that's lame. Now here's Melanie with your timeless movie info. All right, Melanie. Let's have okay. it. So the budget was $7.9 million, and it grossed $42.7 million, so that did pretty well. Um, director Michael Gottlieb got the idea for this movie when he was walking by a department store window and saw a mannequin move by itself. He realized it was an illusion caused by a combination of lights and shadows, and then began to wonder what would happen if a mannequin actually came to life. <clears throat> the department store used for Prince & Company is an actual department store. It is John Wanamaker's which is now Macy's in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Um, the scenes for the rival store were filmed at Boscov's, a real-life department store in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Um, one of the original Emmy mannequins used in the movie was restored by the uh, store, South Fellini, and is currently on display in their store, which is located in the Fashion District in the Center City, Philadelphia. Did you see that, Jordan? I heard of it, but then I also heard people were saying, like, oh, it might not be the real one, or oh, it is. I hear mixed reviews on it, but I have yeah. visited Boscov's in Camp Hill um, yeah. quite a few years ago um, just to see, like, the outside. And then I also went, yeah, in the summer to the, the Macy's, the Wanamaker building. I think what they said was that her head and her torso was real, and then they had to restore other parts of her oh. or something like that. But, like, there is mostly real. Um wow. Before filming this movie, you got to go so you can get a picture with her. <laughs> you know, yeah. That'd be cute. Um, before filming this movie, Kim Cattrall spent six weeks posing for Santa Monica sculptor who captured her uh, likeness. 
Six mannequins, each with a different expression, were made. Cottrell later recalled that there's no way to play a mannequin except if you want to just sit there like a dummy. So I just did a lot of bodybuilding because I wanted to be as streamlined as possible. I wanted to match the mannequins as closely as I could. Um, originally, the lead was written as an older, lonely storekeeper with Dudley Moore in mind. When Andrew McCarthy came on board, the character was changed to be a young artist. Um, the organ that Jonathan sits at is an actual organ in the John Wanamaker building in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it is the largest operational pipe organ in the world. What? Um, Why? Yeah. What? Okay, whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Why what? what? Why would you put Why a pipe are? organ in a department store? I don't That's know, ridiculous. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Um, this is the second of the three movies featuring James Spader and Andrew McCarthy. They also start together in Pretty in Pink, 86, and Less Than Zero, which I love, in 87. All three titles were released during 80, uh, 86 to 87. McCarthy would later on to go direct Spader in multiple episodes of The Blacklist in 2013. Um, Andrew McCarthy wore bowling shoes throughout this movie. I looked and I did see him wearing bowling shoes because I read the trivia first, but before that, I swear to God, he was wearing white sneakers. So I don't yeah. know. Did you notice that? I saw the bowling shoes, but I thought I also saw white sneakers, so I'm not sure. Anyway, um, on a stage note, this is so weird. LSD researcher Jerry Kelly convinced himself that this movie was real. He was arrested multiple times for speaking and even at times groping and undressing mannequins at several different retail shops. Eventually, he admitted that it was not the LSD that led him to this. Okay. I'm sure it wasn't. That's concerning. I hope he got the help he needed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. At least he didn't That's do it, it to people. I get. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, no. Not you know saying, of. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody. <laughs> and at no, least he didn't. Well, stalk, he could have stalked Tim Cottrell. Thank God he didn't. I mean, he could have. That's been, what I'm saying. Yeah. At least he went That's after mannequins. <laughs> like, I'm not so trying gorgeous. to make. I'm not trying to make a lot. What? Of course. I said she is so gorgeous and she still looks beautiful. She's just, I think she's just absolutely. Yeah, like, I think striking. she's in her early seventies. She looks great. She looks amazing. She really yeah. does. Yeah. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. It's time for fact, not opinion, or opinion, not fact. It's up to you. All right, what is it? Is it real? Yeah. <laughs> like the mannequin? <laughs> God. All right. Is it live or is it memorized? Yeah. Chris. Oh, hi. Um, okay. So um, I will say, just on, on a side note, um, this movie is so, you know how you put your hand in wax and then you pull the hand out <laughs> and it's just dripping. It's dripping, right? When you do that, mm -hmm. this movie is dripping like that of the 80s. And as a result, and now Jordan, that's, that's your bag. Um, I was not digging this movie uh, for that reason. So many montages. So many 80s things like the whole idea that you can find happiness buying shit uh, or going to places to buy shit is so 80s. And for that, I wasn't digging it. Now, it's not about me digging it. It's whether or not it holds up. I would say it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up because it's so dripping in the 80s. Now, I'm not even talking about the lack of the internet or cell phones or whatever. It's just so 80s because of the things I just mentioned. The incessant use of montages, the, again, finding happiness in retail, um, the fact that you can go from a store dresser to the vice president of the store, and the, these these store owners seem like they're, they're, they're kings of their own little countries. Um, so all of that 
is it just doesn't hold up for that reason. I will say this, though. You could remake this movie, right, and still make it light. doesn't have to be serious like we were talking about before. You can still make it light, but I challenge you to get the chemistry, to rekindle the chemistry between Andrew McCarthy and Kim Trail. I don't think it's possible. Um, so for that, any remake of this in more modern terms would be a failure because you're not, I think it's going to be very difficult to capture that. So I enjoyed watching them quite a bit. The rest of the movie doesn't hold up and I didn't like it. All right, that's all. I want to go next, go. just because you said the retail therapy. I have to tell you, retail, it is retail therapy. It is a real thing. Okay. Um, I know people that have lost people and they go through retail therapy because it's something that they makes them happy sure. temporarily. Yeah. Um, I remember growing up, I was there when I used to go to the mall all the time mm -hmm. and save all my money to go there. And it made me happy as Great. shit. <laughs> Uh, to get a brand new pair of boots mm -hmm. and they were usually like with friends or something back then or whatever like or you know wait for my grandmother to give me money for christmas so i could go get you know that little friend's jacket or the little whatever back then like that it, that was such happy days back then doing something like that if somebody wins the lottery the first thing they do is like okay let's go buy stuff right mm -hmm. now you know like and then you get over it and whatever but it, it's the mall was fun back then and it is i think it's I like that part of the 80s movies because I, I think it's funny. Yeah, I, I am not usurping nice. your joy. It's just that, and I'm <laughs> glad that makes you that you makes you happy. It just seems like whenever you watch a retrospective of the 80s, that's yeah. one of the things they bring up. Like people just buying because stuff for so no reason. That's all. Huge, yeah, sure. I know. But malls were so big back then. Yeah. It was like oh, such a thing. <clears throat> all right. That's what everybody did. Mm -hmm. They went to the mall. All right. Um, so anyway, um, I want to say. Um, that I've always loved the movie. I, I do think it has, I always, I always always loved it, but I had Emma watch it finally recently, but she was trying to do like a project at the same time, so she couldn't really pay attention to it. But the beginning I felt was a little bit slow this time watching it, okay. getting up to all the good stuff, um, you know, where he meets her and she comes to life and all that. So I thought the beginning was a little bit slower. Um, and I couldn't wait for Emma to see all the good stuff because she's just kind of watching it. I'm like, it gets better. I'm telling I you. swear. <laughs> Hang on to it. Um, but I loved it, and you almost want to tear up at the end when they get married. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I love no, it. They're I very love sweet. It's adorable and cute. Yeah, and I think that um, I would like people to see it to give it a try. Would it hold up today? Probably not. You know, they probably would have to remake it. And, and of course, with some of the lines that we were talking about, would not hold up. Um, but I, I, I want to say I love it, but probably wouldn't hold up exactly the way it is right now. But I love it. Great, Jason or Jordan. Go ahead, Jordan. Okay. So for me personally, I really do like the movie. It's like under my top five of movies. I don't know if it's because it's just goofy. I mean, the storyline is all over the place, but I think we all know that. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a fun, like lighthearted movie. Mm -hmm. I like to watch it yeah. whenever you know I'm bored. Or I just want to have something on in the background. I really like the soundtrack <sighs> to it, and I don't know. I've just had. <laughs> I don't mind the last um, song. The 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 stuff the in the middle is just <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I can't even remember the stuff in the middle. What's the stuff? Just in like the like the 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 ambient music while they're like it's just all that heavy synthesizer Ambient. stuff. Okay. It just drives me crazy. But okay, sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. Fan of the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's just a really fun movie, and I think the cast. I think they did a really good job hiring the cast, and definitely yeah. the chemistry between King Cattrall. You know, I really. I just I think it holds up, but then again, I feel like you can't make that movie today and then expect it to gross as much money in the box office as it did back mm -hmm. then. Yeah, yeah. You could. You just I think it all it's all down to the chemistry of those two people. 
Because you can make just as fantastical a film that's all over the place, but you want to watch it because of of those two and because they're so good that you'd need to match that. And that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to do. In my opinion, that's only my humble opinion. Jason. Okay. So obviously there are aspects of it that is wrong. You know, like that we pointed out, like, um, yeah, like this just stuff. And it's like, okay, but if you push that aside, I think it kind of does hold up. I, I just think it, it's it's clean looking. It looks really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the way it was filmed, it doesn't look like <laughs> it was. You know, like a lot of the stuff. Sometimes you watch it like, ooh, that's really grainy and Last yeah. Dragon. Right. <clears throat> okay. So um, I don't mind that I missed that one. Oh God. <laughs> right. No, you didn't. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Um, except for uh, you know you, you, the guest. He was cool. Uh, but anyways, um, no. But I just think and the. The chemistry, the, the 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 characters. I mean, I think everybody really like worked really hard, and I I think it's almost like we need a light fair. That like it's almost like the, it fills a little hole. So like if somebody were to watch it, it's like, well, I don't normally get to have this, uh, you know, because everything always seems to be, you know, darker. Um, yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a fun. Yeah, one. I'm I'm down yeah. for fun. I think there needs to be more fun. So, yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it does so. Super. All right. Um, yeah, that was awesome, uh, Jordan. If you want to uh, remind everybody um, uh, all about your uh, channel and everything, and I'll also yeah, put definitely. It at the bottom. Okay, so my name is Jordan. I create all '80s content, and my TikTok is Can't Buy Me '80s, and my Instagram is Can't Buy Me '80s underscore. Awesome. No, well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast, and. Um, I'd like to also thank uh, uh, Steve Lavoie for our uh, vocal imaging and Draco and the Malfoys for our theme song. And on the behalf of Melanie and Chris, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. And movies may not age like fine wine, but we drink it anyway. <laughs>